Summer drinking season is long, which is why non-alcoholic beer is a great addition to your cooler. But what makes you reach for one NA beer over another? Is it great flavor, variety of styles? Maybe you just like a cool can. Well, no matter what you're looking for in a great non-alcoholic beer, the answer is always athletic. Great flavor, it's athletic. Award-winning styles, it's athletic. Huge variety, guess what? It's athletic. From IPAs, extra dark, sours, hazies, and more, to summertime favorites like light brews and goldens, it's the number one NA beer brand in the U.S. It's athletic. Ask for it. Fit for all times. Enjoy them anytime, anywhere. Think about it. You're hanging out at the beach. Maybe you're going to a music festival, ball game, camping, late night, early morning. Wherever the summer takes you, the best part is zero hangover the next day. This summer, ask for the only non-alcoholic beer you need to know. Athletic. Head to askforathletic.com to find it near you and use the code TA2024 to get 15% off your first online order. That's code TA2024 at checkout for 15% off your first order. Near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company. Fit for all times. Gareth Bale is slowly ramping up his fitness with LAFC after a long time on the sidelines. But is it happening fast enough? Jeff Reuter is here to explain what Los Angeles FC is doing to get Bale fit and how that could impact his role for Wales at the World Cup. I'm Alex Abnos from The Athletic, and this is Soccer Every Day for Wednesday, September 21st. Gareth Bale is one of the biggest stars in the world of football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, and he's going to the World Cup, and he's in the United States group, but he's also, strangely, maybe one of the biggest question marks going into the tournament, at least as we stand right now. This has to do with his playing time this year, of which he's had fairly little compared with other top players who are relied upon uh, by their countries in the way that he is with Wales. And uh, luckily, my colleague Jeff Reuter has dove into this for a story on The Athletic that will be out soon. Jeff, Gareth Bale signed for Los Angeles FC in MLS this past summer, and I think it's fair to say that that caught a lot of people by surprise. It also presented a little bit of a problem for LAFC, right? It, it did in a, in a couple of ways. I, I think first, it's just worth remembering, we, we all have the same sort of visual of Gareth Bale in our heads still. I think when we talk about him, we think of him running out of bounds and back in. We think about him doing overhead kicks. We think about him being very athletic, nimble, spry, etc. Gareth Bale has had a long-running back injury. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm actually uniquely qualified to talk <laughs> about this because, as Alex knows and is laughing about, I have chronic lower back pain. And so... It, it, there, there has been something about this taking a toll on him and his ability to regularly perform for club and for country alike. Gareth Bale hasn't played more than 20 league games in any season since 2018-19. Um, so this is, this is an issue in terms of his selection availability for Real Madrid, for Tottenham Hotspur, for Wales, for LAFC now. It, it, it's a question with three clubs in a country, right? Like it's... It, it's right. it, it, it's to a point now where, where this is who Gareth Bale is, right? I, I think that it's pretty fair to say that after four years of being unavailable more often than you are available, 
unfortunately, you are a luxury player for all intents and purposes. For LAFC, it hasn't been as much of an issue. Um, yes, they did slide down the supporter shield standing after he came in as they're trying to work him in, but I don't think that that's necessarily correlation causation um, directly. I, I don't think that that is a directly because of Gareth Bale, I should say. Um, but it has been challenging. It has presented a new challenge for LAFC. They are back with two games to go atop the MLS standings on goal differential, I believe, over the Philadelphia Union. Um, so there's a lot to play for down the stretch as well. But um, yeah, I mean, he's played 11 appearances technically in MLS. All but two of those have come off the bench and most of those have been 30 minutes or less. All of those sub appearances have been 30 minutes or less. So I know that for this story, you talked to LAFC's, uh, and I forgive me because I can't remember his exact Gavin uh, title. Gavin Benjafield, the director of uh, performance. I'll the director of performance for right LAFC, yeah. who is somebody who would, you know, ostensibly be in charge or at least know a lot about sort of their plans for him and how they're going to physically ramp him up. Um, what did he have to say about how they integrate a player like Bale alongside a player like maybe Giorgio Chiellini, who they also acquired at the same time, who was playing tons of minutes uh, uh, in Europe at the time. Very, very different plans. How are they, how are they like sort of integrating both those players into the team and Vale specifically? Like how, how do you ramp up minutes for somebody that simply has not played a lot of them uh, yeah, over time? Absolutely. I mean, unfortunately, it's meant that they've had to treat a lot of their regular season as a preseason, if you're Gareth Bale in particular. I think that with Chiellini, yes, he's five, six years older, but, you know, he's playing center back. So it's a position that's more forgiving as you age historically than it is on the wing. He's also been a player who still was a regular kind of rotational, I guess, at Juventus in his final season in Serie A, but he was still playing regularly for Italy in World Cup qualifying in the friendlies over the summer as well in the UEFA Nations League. So, um, you know, he was able to pretty quickly only had about a month off all he really needed. He, I think, started in his debut, if I remember right, against Nashville SC. So, um, it was a case where for, for Chiellini, a whole host of fact, factors meant that he was able to be starting ready for the most part. The majority of his appearances for LAFC this fall and summer have been in the starting lineup. Uh, for Bale, it has been a second preseason for him because he entered with fewer than 200 minutes for his club and fewer than 200 minutes for his country um, since, he, uh, since the calendar returned, basically. And he was dealing with those back injuries again for so much of those months. But he was... Uh, you know, just really struggling to, to get in fitness, to be able to do it for more than 20 minutes at a high level in a competitive environment. And so they've had to, you know, go back to basics. You start, it's, it's working on the leg muscles, it's working on your back, getting your core activated, working on your fitness, trying to get your timing down, um, both with your new teammates in terms of when are they going to send the ball that you're going to sprint onto and, you know, one twos with Carlos Vela and the attacking third, that sort of thing. But also your timing of just simply um, how fast are you running from here to there? <laughs> Let's get you back to that match fitness. Again, it's sure. so one-on-one stuff that um, it, it seems surprising that Gareth Bale would come to MLS and he would have to go through another preseason in order to be ready for the rigors. I think that for international listeners or readers of The Athletic, they would maybe, maybe be surprised to hear that that's been the case. But um, Benjafield, the, the director of performance for LAFC, uh, he previously, his last club that he worked for before this was Watford in a very similar role. And before that, he was a high-level analyst at Ajax. So he has seen it, you know, at all levels of the game. And uh, it, it just, unfortunately, also for Gareth, it's such a condensed MLS season this year where they play, you know, five games every 15 days. Um, and so he's, you can't really push a player that hard. Like, you know, you look at it week by week, and that's how we break it down, calendar week by calendar week. He's getting 90 minutes a week. 
Um, increasingly often now he hit 89 minutes this last weekend, but it was split over two shifts to start in Minnesota and then coming off the bench against the Houston Dynamo. So in theory, once the postseason comes and you only have two games a week, only two, <laughs> that's a breeze. Uh, it'll be a little easier to stretch him out there, but um, they've really needed to start from day one with him. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Once you, uh, you mentioned the sort of condensed MLS schedule, I think that there are a lot of people that would look at that condensed schedule and say, well, that's actually great because that's way more games. That's more opportunities to rotate, rotate the team. That's more opportunities to get bail some minutes, even if it's as a sub, those are more, you know, you have a a bunch of other players that need to play too, who are also tired. Has it really worked out that way for LFC? Uh, in the sense that they're able to rotate a lot more, that has been a necessity. Um, but mm. you know, I think that with Chiellini, he's not getting stretched out for a World Cup. So I think that there's also something where when you're looking at his workload, his load management here, um, his season ends when MLS Cup, in LAFC's mind, because they have MLS sure. Cup aspirations, of course, that day is the final day of Chiellini's year. And then he's able to go on holiday for a bit and recover for next season. Bale, there's a very split focus and, and you know, it, it's hanging over all of this. It, it was, it was a big part of why he signed with LAFC in the first place, right? Over Cardiff city, over another club in Europe was the fact that he would be joining mid season. So then he would be held to the standard of a player in the middle of their season at a high level um, as LAFC is within major league soccer. And that was something that was very appealing to say nothing about the training center that they have at LAFC, the, the weather in Los Angeles being a little more forgiving, I'm sure. Um, so, you know, they are, they have the ability to be patient with him. They have other players that they're able to start on the right wing in particular um, or the left wing or center, you know, because they have Carlos right. Vela as well, who also is going to want to camp out in the same role as Gareth Bale by and large. And so th- there is a little bit of, flexibility that Steve Sharundalo is needing to do here. But, um, you know, again, the results haven't necessarily suffered because of Bale, but it is kind of hard not to wonder if Gareth Bale had entered at a better level of fitness, say right after his loan spell at Tottenham, where at least he had been playing more often than not. What kind of player would he have looked like at that point? Now, last question for you, Jeff. Uh, Does any of this, his Gareth Bale's injury problems, his fitness ramping up to it, however you want to put it. Does any of this have an effect on his standing for Wales? Because I think it's notable that Wales has played seven games in 2022. Gareth Bale has started only three of them, which looks not so great on its surface. However, two of those were in the World Cup qualification playoffs, one in the semifinal against Austria, where he scored twice in a 2-1 win, (laughs) and the other in the final of that same uh, qualification process, where he got the assist in a 1-0 win, which qualified them for the World Cup. Right. So it's not as if he's not able to perform 
when the bright lights are on. So should Wales be worried at all, given the fact that the World Cup is a bright lights only type of event? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, I I think if I'm Rob Page, the head coach of Wales, uh, you have to be a little concerned, right? It's one thing that Benjafield does say in this article in The Athletic, which is that he, he admits that they're a little behind schedule or their ideal schedule that Bale is, is not as far along as they hoped he would be. If we're looking at the second to last week of September, the international break. So if you're Wales, he's coming in, he'll play the nation's league games. I'm sure against Belgium and Poland on a Thursday and Sunday, if I recall. Um, but that's going to be the big test. I think, is he able to go 90 minutes? Is he able to go 75 even because he hasn't gone more than 62 in major league soccer yet? Is he going to be able to, um, you know, kind of bear that burden because he is going to be looked at as that talismanic figure who's going to be able to bring Wales through. They do have some good depth in attack these days, but they don't have another Gareth Bale. There's only one Gareth Bale in Wales history. And so especially for the first World Cup that they've been playing since the 50s, um, you can suspect that they're going to be expecting that he'll be starting ready. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that they'll be nervous. I'm sure that they'll be having a lot of questions about why has he been unable to start? And I think that they'll have the analysts in their staff to recognize it's not just like an LAFC actually prefers Danny Masovsky, <laughs> just in a nutshell, right? Like, and no disrespect to Danny Masovsky. I don't think that it's going to be anything of that sort. I think that instead the question is going to be, um, what are, what, what about him, his body, his fitness is keeping him from starting more often so they better understand what they need to be prepared for in Qatar. Um, and in these, you know, kind of final couple months of run up before the tournament. Well, he is certainly a player to keep an eye on going forward. Wales plays two Nations League games uh, this week and next. First on Thursday against Belgium. Nice little tough test there for them. And then against bit. Poland uh, on Sunday. Jeff, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Absolutely. Before we go, your TV guide for today, Alzheimer's or Eastern. The international window kicks off in earnest today with the UEFA Nations League and a game between Scotland and Ukraine that will be at 2.45 p.m. on VIX in the United States or DAZN in Canada. This is actually kind of a big game. Uh, Whoever wins will likely top their Nations League group. Moving on to tonight in the NWSL, we talked about these games yesterday with Meg Hand. so if you want some more info there, go back and listen to that episode. Two games at 7 p.m., two games at around 10 p.m., all of them with very, very big playoff implications. At 7 p.m., New York, New Jersey, Gotham FC versus OL Reign, and Orlando Pride versus North Carolina Courage. At 10 p.m., Portland Thorns versus Racing Louisville, and at 10.30 p.m., Angel City versus Washington Spirit. All of those will be on Paramount Plus with Angel City versus Washington on CBS Sports Network. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.